0: This is Fly with Steve Jacot, and Craig Forsythe They call him Mike Emmerich, but many of you know him as Doc, the man who's known for his hyperbole, are going SCORE whenever an NHL game comes to its exciting conclusion. Doc Emmerich has decided to retire. Yes, folks, Doc Emmerich, who I reference every other week on Fly Hyperbole and strain my voice doing an impression of, is retiring from hockey. It is just, it's, it's tragic. We are all so used to him on the broadcasts and it's just not going to be the same without him, Craig. That
1: was a that was a really entertaining real time transformation from Doc Emmerich to Stephen Jacko. I'll tell you that much right now. By the way, Jacko, that's what I'm that's you went extra French on that. I'm, I'm <laughs> impressed. There you go. No, but uh, yeah, he's uh, he's He's uh, calling it quits at the age of 74, and uh, I'm not gonna lie, I like Doc Emmerich a lot. I really did uh, enjoy his calls for the game, uh, but he uh, had been NBC's go-to voice for 15 years. He did the uh, Devils play-by-play uh, for 21 years, and also, I don't know how many people, I assume if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know, but he did start with the Flyers. Uh, the Flyers were the team that originally uh, brought Doc Emmerich into the, uh, the hockey world, pretty much. So, uh, talk about that real quick. Uh, in 1977, he did the play-by-play and PR for the Maine Mariners, which was at the time the Flyers farm team back in the AHL, and uh, he did that before joining the Devils for their first season in Jersey. Which was 82 83. And then during that time as well, apparently did uh, spot play by play work for the Flyers from 83 to 86 and in studio analysis from 86 to 88. And then from 88 to 93, the Flyers play call was Doc on the play by play and Bill Clement as the color guy. And oh, man, there you go. those were some bad teams in the early 90s. But if I got to listen to Doc and Bill Clement every night, I don't know. That would be. It'll be a little little passable. Although probably Doc at that time was a little different, and Bill Clement maybe wasn't making as many sex sounds on the air yet. So it may have not been <laughs> as entertaining. Uh, but, uh, and for reference, by the way, Jim Jackson became the play-by-play guy in 95, 96, I believe.
0: Yeah, and Jim Jackson... I. I... I read some comments from Jim Jackson earlier about uh Doc's retirement, saying that Doc was actually a huge help to JJ on starting his career with the Flyers. Like they went out. To oh, there you. He kinda of walked him through everything and just from from everything you hear, like Doc Emmerich truly was a gentleman and a beloved man in the game of hockey, just uh just a great person to everybody he met and he really will be missed by by everybody and it's it's tragic. And I if I'm being honest, I actually had to come around on Doc Emmerich a little bit. When he first started doing games, I thought it was a little much and the flowery language, you know. Yeah. I think that's the number one thing we kind of uh we
2: Yes. We oh, the amount fun, of times, We have
0: some fun with the amount of times that yeah. Doc just goes out there and uses these just like crazy this I, crazy terminology.
1: I do not know since it's not guaranteed now, the next time I will hear about somebody sashaying their way somewhere. I think we're done hearing that. Like that's gotta be the last (laughs) time I hear that term. It's tragic. It's tragic. But I came
0: around on it. I can't, I didn't, you know, there was a time where I didn't care for it, but I came around on it. And the, the, Greatest thing about Doc Emmerich, and I think the thing we're all going to miss is just his flat out enthusiasm for the game, how much he loves the game, and that really comes through on his calls. When he goes, SCAR! Like, y- you can tell this is a guy who fucking loves hockey.
1: Yeah. No, that's, and that's, that's why I've always liked him. Is he, if you go back and watch highlights or, you know, when you watch the playoffs live, he is, he's into it. And that's a lot, it's a lot, I'd rather prefer that than, Somebody like, I guess, Joe Buck. I, he seems to be, like, the one that's pretty easy to point, too. Who, uh, or, like, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth, since they did the Eagles Super Bowl. That kind of seems like, you know, just another game for him. It doesn't seem to be that exciting. Or, like, you know, they're not live at one oh, of the Joe biggest
0: Buck, man. sports that's... spectacles
1: ever. It was like, Doc literally loves is... all the time. He was the Joe...
0: best. Joe Buck is, like, Mr. Professional to a fault. Where it's just, you can oh, tell yeah. he's just, like... Well, I mean, it's also... There's that infamous uh, interview from uh, a while back at this point, probably a decade or so, where he basically says, like, I'm just bored with sports. Like, I'd rather <laughs> yeah, that's in my off time just watch like something else. And it's like, uh, you don't want to hear that, especially when your main criticism is that you don't seem invested. Not, you don't seem <laughs> invested at all. It, it's just Joe, Joe Buck's yeah. just missed her, like, oh, well, that's going to be a home run. OK, yeah. cool. And that was not doc. I, that was I hate not to. At all. That was the best
1: part of it. Yeah, best absolutely. Him,
0: yeah. I hate to drag Al Michaels into it, even though it's he's not the same. But it, it, you know, he is he is the guy who did the miracle on Ice call, and you, you yeah. can't fault him for that. I don't know. I've always had a soft spot for Al Michaels, even though he's not nearly that, as good, good as he point. used to be. Chris Collinsworth is an atrocity, though. That man is yeah. just abysmal, I, I and I, I cannot say, stand him yeah. at all. But it's I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying because none of them touch Doc on enthusiasm. He is it's infectious, right? It just makes yeah, you even exactly. more excited. And playoff hockey is one of the most exciting things in the world to start with. So to add another dimension, another layer of excitement is something else.
1: Yeah. And I, I do think in a couple of years now, it's all said and done. Like we not said and down, but in a couple of years now after he's retired, uh, like there's a certain nostalgia for uh, like people around our age for uh, hockey on ESPN, like the NHL on ESPN, because it was, it was like the thing you had to watch when we were kids, and it was the main thing that helped draw us into the sport. And I feel like there's going to be – the way we look back at NHL, the NHL and ESPN is how uh, some people are going to look back at like Doc Emmerich with NBC. Like there's a lot of people that got into the sport after the season-long lockout, and I think Doc Emmerich's voice is going to be like the main calling card for like nostalgia when it comes to the sport a couple years from now. And oh, it's get, like, I know people probably got tired of them or like, we always, we always poked fun of them, but I, I don't know. I always really loved, I mean, it was always more exciting when he's calling a game, whether it was the Flyers or not. And like he had, I was, unfortunately the Flyers, uh, as you guys know, haven't really been killing it the last like decade and a half when he's been the main voice at NBC. So we don't, there's not a whole long line of playoff uh goals by the flyers but i remember him calling game three uh the drew overtime goal in game three i don't know if you have any distinct calls that are like moments you remember hearing doc's voice from but my main one steve is and i told you about it before the uh show and i've talked about it before but i still love it was the 2010 olympics uh because they're on nbc and doc lost his mind when he had the game time goal in the gold medal game with, I think, like, 34 seconds left, the one that went off Langebrenner skating, and then he slammed it home. Um, <clears throat> but his, when Canada and USA played in the round robin, and USA beat Canada, and Kessler scored this ridiculous empty net goal where he somehow dove, Corey Perry was skating onto the puck, and the defense was and he, like, reached around Corey Perry and knocked it with one hand into the open net. And I've never, like, I think, I'm, I kind of want to put it on. Just so, I don't know if you're going to be able to hear it or not. Or Steve, if you want to play it. Just because it was like, he he just lost his mind for like five seconds. I don't think Doc's ever lost his mind on the call as much as his empty night goal. His voice cracks like three different times.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know if I could do it any justice by playing it here. But, I mean, folks, we all got the technology to look that up. So, I, I would definitely yeah. look that up. But, yeah, that's a that's a great call. I mean, I unfortunately can't think of too many... Specific examples myself, but I think it's it because is the just,
1: flyers weren't good. Well, I mean, or that part of it, I don't know,
0: that's part of it. And also, I just personally, I just have more of a, a kinship, uh, with, with Jim Jackson and Bill Clement and yeah, Steve Coates and Tim saw so- like the local guys. And that's just how it's always been. Uh, we've been incredibly blessed in the Philadelphia region with having great local announcers for our oh, sports. Yeah. I mean, forever. We, Forever, I well until I mean we had Harry Callis for the longest time with the Phillies, and now the the TV broadcast is not very good, but the the radio broadcast is still uh, a damn entertaining time. The I mean Meryl Reese and Mike Quick are, yeah. are so fantastic with the Eagles, and even when the Eagles are just horrible, it's still like right now uh, <laughs> yeah, hearing Meryl listen to now yeah. is very comforting. It's great, and we've had JJ uh on tv for the flyers since what'd you say 95 uh so i uh, believe that's what yeah he been long
1: yeah doing it forever apparently yeah. he started doing radio the year after doc left and i think he did the play-by-play on the radio for two years and then it came to uh tv so i think that is 95 96 if i'm doing yeah. the math right on that yeah but he yeah no jj for a yeah. long
0: time we had the great gene Hart before that and yep. Let's not underrate Tim Saunders on the radio. It's fantastic. Saunders Anytime... is pretty good. <laughs> I love Tim Saunders. And you want to talk about energy enthusiasm. I never listen to him, but yeah. Well, that's the problem is you never listen to him because you don't really feel the need to because the TV crew is really good. But right, yeah. whenever you do have to be driving for a game and you hear, hear Tim Saunders, that his score is you want to talk about oh, enthusiasm yeah. on par. Doc Emmerich, it's probably that one. It's oh, cool! I, I can't even do that justice at all. But <laughs> it, it's so great. I I love a good Tim Saunders uh, goal call. But I mean, I think it's amazing that I you know I have such adoration for all the local guys and the energy that they bring. To have a national guy be able to bring energy on that level is pretty phenomenal because we were just talking about those other you know examples with Joe Buck, Al Michaels and again I I have a lot of respect for Al Michaels but again he's not really Yeah yeah. But the thing is like the energy level is not going to be anywhere near what you get with Doc Emrick. It's just not yeah. going to happen. There it's it's another that's, level. That's I think that's the better way to put it. Cuz yeah, Al
1: Michaels obviously has
0: like one maybe the best call
1: in the history of sports. So that's not I was thinking more. I was thinking more. Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth, their reaction when Gronk dropped the football in the end zone as time ran out, and they're like, "You're oh, right. That was caught. It, it was oh, not yeah, the, the Super Bowl." It was, and like that was it. Like that was the call. Right. It wasn't
0: like the Eagles win the Super Bowl. Like it just was. <laughs> it was
1: like, oh, Gronk almost did it.
0: I guess. Time I mean, I was, okay. I was too busy. I was too busy screaming to really tell. Yeah. But, you know. No, that was
1: a. That was a. Yeah. That was an. It's one of those. Fact, thank God. Fact, uh,
0: yeah, thank God just, we can. Went back to, go find the Merrill Reese call to to <laughs> sync up. Yeah. After the I fact, went back
1: cause, I went back like the next couple days to see if I could find it to see how good it was, and it was just kind of like, well, thank God I was focused on something else at that second time because that was like one of the worst. Yeah, but no, the energy level I think is what it is because uh, it it felt like he was bouncing off the wall sometimes when he was making calls. And again, that was exciting to hear when this guy. I think he did like oh he did like thirty seven hundred and fifty games or something professionally. It's the total I saw. So like each one. There weren't nights where, like, wow, Doc's mailing this in. He felt like he was, he loved the game of hockey. And he was heavily invested, and he knew about it. And it was, and him, like, rattling off the birthdays every night, too. That probably becomes a really, I mean, now we're going to appreciate it because it's done, and he's not going to do it anymore. But I know that was a thing that, like, people kind of poke fun at every once in a while. But he, I mean, he just loved the game of hockey. And he really, he was able to showcase it in an inviting and accepting way and it wasn't weird or annoying like pierre Maguire. i think that's another way to put it out there because pierre is a little
0: creepy weird and, and weird
1: <laughs> yeah weird, are annoying yeah so like doc was very you like kind of wanted to talk to hockey about doc it felt like
0: well I, I find that really phenomenal about doc also is the fact that i always wanted to listen to him even when his partners were Completely subpar, and his partners usually oh, yeah, are yeah, completely yeah. subpar, especially when Mike Milberry was in there. But, you oh, know, God. Eddie Olczyk yeah. was just fine, and Jeremy Ronick was rough sometimes. Yeah. Well, he, he never really did yeah. in the booth stuff, though, right? No, he, yeah. no,
1: they they never trusted him to do analysis. They always had him like, there's a good reason. The... <laughs> <laughs> they always had him in studio because, you know, he's not good at breaking analysis down mid game. Why not in between periods? But he also, and then they also did stuff where, like, uh, like, they always had him do like the field stuff. Like, the first, time, I remember the first year they were in Vegas, they had him like hanging out with the people that like hit the drums. He was like, wow, this is crazy. They're hitting drums in an arena. And like, he would do like that kind of stuff. So Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, like, but
0: I mean, yeah. I, I guess the thing is, Doc, unlike, okay, so we ran into some situations even when I really like Keith Jones and Prime Boucher, but it almost felt like they were going too far in the other direction to not show a bias for Philadelphia. And oh, yeah, yeah. the fact that I never ever felt like doc was showing a bias one way or the other is pretty you know, amazing. And that's a good that, point. Yeah. It's a hard line to straddle and doc did it successfully. And you know, the play by play guy doesn't necessarily have to worry about this as much, but it's, I never really felt like he was on one side or the other. He had equal enthusiasm for both sides. And that really is the sign of a true professional in this industry.
1: you know, that is a good point and i don't know if it does come down though like you just said the play-by-play against color stuff but uh yeah that's not a lot of people calling doc homer uh homer out there like i mean i feel like i've seen that with other almost every other announcer and i now, mean perhaps if the that pittsburgh
0: way. pirates were involved
1: <laughs> yeah the Homerism will come out and speaking about pittsburgh i mean i was gonna say the play-by-play stuff but then i also think of uh stackerwald or uh, for the penguins for a while there who uh Pretty knowledgeable guy, but he definitely him and Bob Barry definitely lean and hilarious to mount towards the Penguins and even the Flyers. I mean, Jim Jackson's pretty biased towards the Flyers. He is. <laughs> he's quite... got an amazing voice and he's good and knowledgeable, but he definitely, yeah, he doesn't. I, I think
0: with the. Balls the home guys it's different, that's ex- you expected the, the, that day, the yeah. the home guys have to have a, a level of bias and yeah. i think and on the flyers yeah. guys are you know they, they can have some ridiculous moments with it but i no. mean you also kind of want that from your home guys yeah like, you that's do. actually that's, point. that's actually a complaint that phillies fans have against tom mccarthy who is the play-by-play uh announcer for the philadelphia phillies is that tom mccarthy isn't impassioned enough towards the Phillies. You know, he's he's just kind of a professional, like, regular announcer. Like, T-Mac's actually a really good, just neutral announcer, but we want a guy who is, like, yelling for us, which is why people love Larry Anderson so much, because he's just calling the Elms, like, pieces of garbage. And, and, <laughs> and like, hearing Scott Fransky and Larry Anderson really complain about the Elms is one of the greatest things for a Phillies radio broadcast. But T-Mac just comes out there and it's just kind of, like, a regular, like... Uh, you know, just, wow, look at these youngsters, like, (laughs) how about that? Like, just very professional, regular, like, he actually does a lot of uh, other work, like, I've seen him do college basketball, Uh, he does a lot of NFL games, so he does a really good job at that stuff, but he, he's a good neutral guy, but when you're doing the local stuff, you want somebody who's a little more biased. Yeah, that's fair. That makes sense, and not to a back, hilarious like, degree though. Not like Jack Edwards. Like Jack Edwards, right. I think is the the worst yeah. case scenario for local bias or Steigerwald.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's it's one of those. too. and again, like I, I do think, yeah, JJ is uh, he's pretty. But you are right. Whenever I think of him, do whenever they he'd fill in for like the Hockey Day in America, like the thing in mid February, he uh, he seemed to do those national broadcasts pretty well because there wasn't. He didn't need to lean towards the team that heavily. So that's definitely. Yeah, that definitely plays into his uh his analysis with the Flyers. Yeah, good call.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. Correct in uh, my assessment again. I mean <laughs> it's but man, it, it's it is the level of excitement weird. he would bring for a Stanley Cup game, man, it's it's gonna be tough to replicate that and I feel bad that Vance Forever's gotta replace him.
1: Oh yeah, no, they're never gonna
0: live up to uh, the expectations. And again, it
1: is—it's gonna be weird because I—I I didn't realize it was 15 years, but yeah, it's how long ago that one lockout was, which is uh, pretty crazy to think about. And uh, he's been the guy; he's been the main face of the league here for a while. So uh, it's gonna be—it'll be interesting. But they—they they got a little bit of time to figure that out, I guess. They got a couple months to see who will uh, fill in those shoes, and uh, hopefully, it's just Millberry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just Bill <laughs> very
0: by himself, stuttering and fumbling his way and you know, <laughs> sexist comments the whole time. It's going to be great.
1: They give him a pay raise. He's killing it out there. He's doing great. Gets a contract <laughs> extension for no reason. Just NBC, <laughs> just not
0: aware of what people want. I mean, that that is actually NBC is not aware of what people want. That's <laughs> what of their main <laughs> criticisms <is> right now. <laughs>
1: so uh so we're gonna coming Millberry.
0: up on peacock another town hall that nobody wanted
1: <laughs> It's gonna be milberry and Ronick in the booth and uh starting up next season and they're gonna wonder why nobody's watching so there you go
0: that is that, that is I actually has that a little bit of vomit rise in the back of my throat mm, there
1: you go drink it back in cuz uh you're not know, yeah yeah that's uh that's what we are expecting. Here. I don't think it's going to be that bad. I really do wonder who
0: No, they they have some professionals up there. I mean, yeah, it's I'm trying, be, trying to remember I'm trying to remember even the one John of the, Forslund. John Forsland. John Forsland's one of the names I heard out there. Kenny Alberts done a lot of work recently. Uh, Kenny Alberts fine. He's not He's fine. I
1: just uh, uh, I
0: know.
1: Uh, I, I agree. I agree. Too much Eagles. You to re- many Eagles Giants broadcast. That's true. Well, uh,
0: yeah it's, yeah, it's not good for the Eagles. He's fine for hockey, though. He's fine. Uh, yeah, he's fine yeah. I think NBC's been using Mike Tarico more and more, too, and I always like... I've been yeah. a big fan of Mike Tarico. I, I like him, too, but that's I think a... He's, yeah, I know. That's, that's a big thing. A yeah. yeah, I'd say. Forsland's probably the, the smart bet in the short term, but we will see what happens. There is a, an indeterminate amount of time until next <laughs> yeah, like season of time. at this point.
1: Yeah. And, uh, I didn't see any updates on that recently, Steve, but yeah, it still sounds like Again, I'll go. I'll go based off Foley because it seemed like he gave precisely zero fucks in that interview last week. Yeah, so Bill I'm Foley, Bourbonville, came out there and yeah, he came out swinging and he landed on a lot of comments. So I'm yeah, going he, with he, that guy because well, it seems like he let a lot of cats out of bags that night.
0: He did he let a lot of cats. Up. He let all,
1: cats loose. Yeah, hashtag he, he loose, let the so. cats out.
0: Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> meow meow the, meow. I can't. The, That's terrible. I'm so sorry. The While Bill there is then? okay, sorry. Go yeah. On while there is an indeterminate amount of time until the next season, hopefully that time allows Nolan Patrick to catch up to speed and take care of uh, oh, whatever's baby. going on
1: <laughs> in between the ears, Yeah. Figure in Between the uh, ears, on, the Yeah. Old, that's a good way uh, to yeah.
0: describe his migraine syndrome or go, whatever he go is with, going on. Figure so,
1: out what's going on there with the brain bucket. Yeah.
0: He's the got brain bucket. Yeah. That's, that's a good way Speaking to put it right idea, there. So, yeah. No, <laughs> we have repeatedly said we want Nolan Patrick to be ready Fully ready when he's coming back. We don't want them to rush it back because you can't mess around with these kind of things. And uh, on that note, Nolan Patrick signed his qualifying offer this week.
1: That's right. Accepted uh, the qualifying offer, which means he is under contract for the 2020 21 season, which should wrap up in about July of 2022. Uh, he'll have a cap hit of 874,125 green ones, and then he'll be an RFA at the end of the next season. Um, which means he could play this year and we could have this whole discussion again next year. Um, and again, like you just said, didn't play all this year due to uh, a migraine disorder in 2019-20, but uh, he has been skating at some scrimmages, it looks like, and it doesn't sound like they're con- contact scrimmages. And I think my like we all want to see Patrick play, and my I think my thing with Patrick is I need to see him actually play. And then I'm all the way back in with Nolan Patrick, not in these scrimmages and uh, somewhere up in, in Canada, uh, not throwing on a jersey and skating around laps with everybody at practice at practice. I want to see how he's doing later in the practice. The first time he gets slammed to the boards and his head hits the glass. Like I need to see him fully embrace an actual hockey game to an extent. And then I'm good. So if he comes back and plays a game and he feels fine afterwards, I'm all the way back in on Nolan Patrick and I'm not too concerned about his health going forward. But I again who, Is it weird who that knows? I'm more
0: concerned about the lights?
1: More concerned about the lights?
0: Yeah. No, like seriously, with migraines, like one of the top triggering factors is bright. Oh,
1: light. oh oh, I was like I had no yeah, okay. I got what you mean. Yeah. Uh
0: I mean specifically given I, how bright the lights can be at a hockey arena.
1: Yeah, I that would be something too. I mean, I, I just want to see him go through the actual motions of a game, like everything involving a game, like pre-game skate, an actual game. He's willing to go to practice the next day or two days later, and he is fine. And I, I'm not not worried about Patrick's health at all again. Like I think this is a thing. And always had other injury, injuries in his past
0: i mean this isn't an ankle injury this This isn't an acl this is just this is a completely different beast altogether
1: i i feel like there's like i feel like there's a difference between and i I don't know if this is gonna sound dumb and i feel like i don't know if we're gonna or if i'm gonna counter argue my point about five seconds here but like i feel like there are guys that are injury prone and then there are guys who just have bad injury luck like i think of and for keeping the city uh like Carson Wentz gets injured all the time, but I feel like there are always insane injuries that everybody will be getting hurt from if they went through those same exact plays. So I don't know if that's really injury prone, right? Like as he so much as he's spine. just unfortunate. He yeah, like his he spine. got hit, he, he got hit after the whistle from J- Davion Clowney got hurt. I don't know how many people are going to get hit when they're not expecting it from J- Davion Clowney and be like, all right, we're helmet good. to helmet. or like Let's make that yeah,
0: very abundantly clear. Our, in a ACL, helmet to helmet hit that went unpunished, but you know
1: it's like tore his ACL, pinned between two linebackers while diving, like that also seems like they're not like he's jogging and he like twists his ankle the wrong way and like oh my god he tore his ACL, like he's
0: it's like, not, not Michael Neuvirth, like you want to talk yes. about an injury prone player, Michael Neuverth is an injury prone player,
1: yeah, and this is I I know. Like, Patrick's injury when he came into the league is a lot different than what it was, than what this is. And I felt like that whole thing was, like, kind of out of his control and unfortunate, too. And this is a thing, too. Like, he he had concussion issues in the past. And, again, those were all, like, dirty hits where he got ran into the boards. And, like, his head hit up against the glass. And then he missed the rest of the game. So, it's not... Like, the, the shit about him being... And I, I don't think people are still talking like that. But, like, it's, it's all... I think it's just unfortunate. I think once he actually gets back in into a game and he's fine, I think he's able to put all this behind him and he has a normal NHL career. And I know that's it's again. I need to see it first though. Like I'm going to buy in 100% when I actually see it. I still have no no gauge as to whether like when he's actually going to play. No idea. I, I I don't even I don't even know if he's going to play this year. I feel like he will because it should be the season's not starting for a couple months. And he's already skating at like away from team mandated stuff, so I feel like he should play. And it seems like people that are closer to the situation than I am are pretty confident he's going to be getting back in there. And also, again, it feels I, I, like I, the I,
0: expectations there for that.
1: Yeah, and, and I don't know honestly. Like, I don't. I don't think the Flyers uh, giving him a qualifying offer. I don't know if that necessarily means they're confident he will either. I think it's just... Being, well, I think they had to asset. for him yeah, not to
0: become a free agent. Right, exactly. Like,
1: they they had to do this. It's not like, a, oh, he's playing next year. We definitely got to get him on a contract. It's, it, you would do that because you're not going to lose an asset. So I... Right, right. Exactly. There's really... No, no nobody's the tipping time, their like, hands anywhere, yeah.
0: And also, you know, Patrick doesn't have to sign that, but he has basically no leverage in the situation to yeah, to really ask for more. But it's... I think it, it made sense for both Nolan Patrick and the Flyers to just play out this qualifying offer year and see what happens. But it just feels like from the moves the club has made or lack thereof, rather that the expectation is for Patrick to be there and to be the third line center. Uh, At this point, they haven't really gone after any forwards to, to really fill in that bottom six. And it looks like, I mean, as of today, it appears the Flyers' plan is to use homegrown talent from the miners and specifically it really feels like Nolan Patrick to fill in that top, that bottom six.
1: Yeah, no, and I it does feel that way and I don't know how much of that is just because of how tight the cap is now and how much like it, I mean Fletcher's talking about making some trades that bring in pieces or uh, kind of fill out the roster and that hasn't happened yet and I don't know if it if, if it will happen but um I I mean yeah like I it does seem like they're kind of pointing towards patrick being there for game one and I hope he is and again I, I'm saying this with literally no no ounce of dodge either way I mean we if this all works out the flyers could be getting on the cheap a really effective third line center who pitches in and gets I don't know if they're they're playing 56 to 60 games, and he gets you like 10 goals and a bunch of points on the third line. That doesn't, uh, it's not a bad season for a guy who's missed over a year now. Uh, and I, I'm not saying that couldn't happen. I just want to see, I want to see a video of him taking a hit and shaking it off and getting up, and then I'm fine. Like, cause I think this is what it all comes down to. It's been very touch and go with all of his health. And even, even now when he has like last week, he took part in that scrimmage or whatever, and it sounds like he's doing well. And I, I just want to actually see him partake in actual like contact practice now that's where i am with him
0: that's fair and I, <laughs> the problem is we're far away from that we we don't know we when are far when away but we're like, gonna we're just see like, him we're speculating at this point we're we we do not yeah, know like, when we're gonna see hockey we don't know we're, when we're gonna get to see him practice with the team let alone play with the team and I just feel like at this point, we just want to see him continue to play in these scrimmages, play some hockey. Uh, If he could pick up, I don't know, any significant work somewhere, I would love to see it just to see him out there and kind of prove himself a little bit. But I, I really do feel like the expectation, unless Chuck goes out and gets a bottom six forward, specifically a center, The expectation is for Nolan Patrick to be on the bottom six for this team this year. And we know the guy's talented. And if you deny he's talented, you are just kidding yourself. He has a ton of talent. His hands are fantastic. The guy can pass. The guy can shoot. He is a really frigging good hockey player when he's healthy. I just want to see that. I want to see him out there. And I want him. This is one guy I'm really rooting for, too. Prove all the haters wrong to to get out there and just show us what he's got because I know Nolan Patrick's an awesome freaking hockey player.
1: Yeah, no, that's again, it's all about just the the health for him because he he's shown flashes. I still think about that goal against Montreal in 2019, and he's shown he had some ridiculous setups uh, his rookie season, and the the flashes of brilliance are there. So once he's healthy, I expect it all to come together, and I. I don't know if he's going to live up to the potential that he had considering the 2017 draft for a while was considered the Nolan Patrick draft, but I still think he can be a tangible player. Like I still think he can bring, I think he can be an effective NHL player. Like I feel like if he's able to put this past him, I still expect some 20 goal seasons out of him. Again, a long way to go from the uncertainty we're in right now. But if, if he's able to get past this, I don't see any reason why he can't do that.
0: I think he's got the talent to be a top six forward. I I know he's got the talent to be a top six forward. It's just the consistency and the health are the the top two things. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, Nolan Patrick has signed the the qualifying offer, which, you know, isn't uh, a ton of money on the cap. But the Flyers, you know, it's still pretty tight. In the salary cap right now, they have about four million eight hundred eleven dollars and four, $4, dollars remaining in cap space. However, they do have one RFA to still sign, and he's a Phil pretty Myers. darn good yeah. RFA. <laughs> His name is Phil Myers.
1: So that honestly, that might so what we're looking at right now might just be Fletcher figures out Myers' number, and then he might end up he might still have to move a contract somewhere. And I don't know if it'll necessarily be a ghost or a JVR, but he might have to move somewhere just to get some breathing room on the cab like maybe a Ralph or a Lawton. because that's that's Myers' next contract is going to be in that that area it feels like or at least he's going to be pushing the team pretty close to the to the the limit there once he signs that deal. so we
0: I feel I like that's gonna be the next order of business. I think it depends a, a lot on what they do with him being an RFA though, because the leverage is a, a very different situation in RFA, especially with the oh, yeah, cap yeah. right now where I, I don't think you're, I wouldn't be shocked if they figured out a short term, you know, a little lower than he probably deserves kind of deal uh just to kind of figure things out until they can get back to a regular salary cap growth in the NHL.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, Sure, but I mean, even then, like, what what's a low end contract for Phil Myers? Like, it's gonna be over two.
0: Sure, it's I probably mean, gonna be closer to the three. Like I'm saying, but you don't have to I'm move anybody out if it's if it's two or three. Right. Yeah, but, but I mean, you are gonna be
1: you're still gonna be pretty fucking close to the cap, is what I'm saying. That's, I, I mean, Vegas space, is over,
0: Vegas and Tampa Bay are over the cap right now, so well, yeah. I'd rather I be mean, in this position. Oh, oh, no, I'm not
1: saying it's the end of the world. I'm saying uh, if they're talking about they also still want some kind of salary cap space. Because, like, it's going to be... I guess teams are going to be walking into the season on pretty tight ropes anyway, though, this year. Like, all things considered, I guess. Yeah, so... I mean, how how much
0: does... I mean, this is a, a real question for me. How much does actually having space actually matter for this team? Like, is it an actual factor, or is it just for the flexibility to really make moves like because i i don't
1: it, well see it's again, I right mean, now it because comes down, yeah it, it that and i feel like to me that hinders on if patrick's gonna play because if he's not playing then you need another forward and then if you sign myers to a deal that gets you to about a million and a half million in cash space and you got to go out and add somebody and patrick going on an ir is not gonna relieve that much money it's gonna come it's gonna become pretty close i don't know like it's it's not something they really have to press and worry about now because, like you just pointed out, Vegas is, I mean, they're, they've like doubled the cap and it seems like they're not really too worried about it because they're going to have a couple years to figure this out before the next season starts. So it's not like a pressing issue, but I'm just talking in terms of like legitimate cap space, which, again, might may not be an actual thing this year, all things considered, because uh, it's just uh, it's going to be a goofy season. It's going to be a real fucking weird season. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So Patrick's back, baby. And uh I, I just you know I, I just wanna see him play. That's all Steve. I just wanna see him play and I know he's good and I just wanna see him create and do those deaf little no look passes and setting up somebody for a dunk that he was doing a couple years ago. And you know, that's that's all I'm looking for
0: out of our now. boy. As far as as far as Myers goes, do you see a deal getting worked out anytime soon, or do you think that's just gonna no kind of go on for a hot minute? I mean, I, I think it might
1: go on for a little bit of time because again, there's really no they they don't need to figure that out right now. I mean, I remember the stuff with the stuff with Proberoff and Connectline last year. I, don't know, I mean, if you remember that, that went on pretty deep into the summer, and it happened right before the season started, so. I'm not saying I'm expecting that with Myers, but again, if there's really, you know, you just pointed it out, and I think it's pretty obvious to most Flyers fans, uh, there's not too much in terms of positional, like, needs that this team needs to address right now. Like, they have, the season had to start next week, you could piece it together, and like, the, the Flyers aren't going to be bent out of shape because, you know, they got to do all these things, but they, they pretty much have most of their roster set in stone. Um, so like there's no rush for Phil Myers to do it like before the end of October or even November. And there's still other, other defensemen are going to have arbitration cases. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. And other defensemen are still RFAs that need to sign and there's still going to be other free agent signing. So they might, both sides might be trying to use that for draft or not draft, uh, for, uh, contract comparables, uh, to kind of figure out which side, you know, is going to win the case, I guess. So, and the good thing is, is he's not going to arbitration either. So they do have plenty of time to figure it out. If he had an arbitration hearing coming up, I think it'd be a little different. But it look he, he does not. So I really, I want, I want to say it's going to be a, a little bit of time. And you know, as I, as I say that, Steve, they're he, they're going to sign him before this podcast goes up because that's just how this works. This <laughs> that's just how this works on this podcast. Yeah, that's just how it's got, That's just how it happens.
0: But you're just saying it. It could be a while.
1: It could be, it could be weird. Yeah, it's pretty weird. Uh, but because they're really, again, we're if the season starts. Let's say the season actually does start. I mean, fuck. Even if we go with the the league's first aim date that they already well, they already said January first. So and then you figure training camp is like December fifteenth on. So he could sign in early December and, and nothing would be a problem. Like, this is, this is the one move they need to do. Like, this is it. Because, again, like you were just, you point out, like, they do this, they're cap compliant, and all the positions are filled, And then they can put together a team. Because I really, I don't know if he's going to push for another defenseman that has term because of the expansion draft. I think that throws a lot of things in the whack when it comes to who you're going to protect if you get another defenseman. And then I feel like the obvious answer everybody's thrown out there is just leave that defenseman exposed, and then the question is do you want to use up assets and cap space for this season like just to let a guy go in a year where the flyers should be competing for a cup but i wouldn't really say they're like the top of the top cup contenders this year like if they were if they were really close like if they had lost to tampa bay in the year's conference final in like six or seven games and really giving it to them i would be pushing more for them to go out and sink assets into a guy to load up the top four so this team can really compete again. But this might be a weird, it's just a weird year with a weird set of circumstances where it kind of makes sense for them not to go out and get a guy for that has three years on his deal that he could leave open for Seattle to grab, and then you've lost a couple draft picks this year as well. So yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean that's why we were seeing so many like the no movement clauses were such a big deal in free yeah. agency this year. I mean that was half the reason we saw a couple moves like Holtby to Vancouver was a big move for them mm-hmm. because then they mm-hmm. could have a goalie that they could uh, have available for Seattle if they so chose. Right. And uh, I think Jake Allen's part of that too, where the the Canadians can just keep him out there.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, that'll be it. Yeah, so maybe yeah. that's I mean that they would signed Jake, the Jake Allen trading.
0: Oh, yeah, but then yeah. what explains the cap hit? I don't know still. No, Yeah, who
1: knows? They're like, <laughs> that feels like a very Mark Berger thing to do. He's like, you know, this is a good idea. Let me do something that makes it not quite a great idea, though. <laughs> Let me just <laughs> add a huge cap hit to Jake Allen. Who's, you know, been, has yeah. been Jake Allen a lot the last couple of years, and you never want to see that too often. Uh, but he, uh, maybe he's fine in Montreal. I still want to see him do two goalies. He feels like a crazy enough GM that would just try it. Oh, yeah. Just yell at Claude and just throw four 4-2 out there.
0: See well, how it goes down. The important thing about the Montreal Canadians is they need to have people who speak French or else it's not worth it. Or else it's not even real to them. Yeah. So, sorry, Mandy that.
1: Cuttingworth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> by the way, do you have... Do you remember him? I, he was there for like half a season and he didn't speak French. I think that that's one of the main reasons I think he lost a job. <laughs> I but think that's why I still reference like this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just that fucking right there. Because that was just such um, a
0: like hilarious hiring situation.
1: <laughs> I, now, so my question was... I have uh, one question about Patrick before you ask me a question, Steve. So you holster that. Wait, what was your question, first of all?
0: I, no, you go ahead, because mine was a transition, not a question.
1: Okay, good. If Patrick doesn't play at all in 2020 where do you stand on Patrick?
0: I think you got to give him another shot. I think you have to... I think think you need to give him one more playing season. You have to, no matter how long it takes.
1: Yeah. If this... And also, again, this is... If it wasn't this year, I think I might be leaning towards possibly giving up on him. But again, this is also another... Maybe not as crazy because he just missed this year, but assuming he's going to miss two straight years of full action, it's a little bit of a crazy leap to a uh, conclusion there. And uh, still has to be done, so we'll see. But uh, I... I don't know. I If he doesn't play for two full years, that might be a little uh, kind of pushing it, but who knows?
0: I mean, as long as you're controlling his rights, I mean, you might as well give him yeah, a shot. Yeah, that's true. Might as well keep kicking the can down the road. Yeah. You want to talk about the, I mean, the ceiling is extremely high, and it is. the Flyers don't necessarily have a ton of, I mean, they have a lot of high ceiling guys. What am I even talking about? But I mean, they don't have a lot of
1: young center depth. He's
0: a, he's a second overall pick right? Like, yeah. Y- y- yeah. I think you give him as many chances as you need, unless there's a team that's willing to come in and say, well, we'll give you a shit ton for this guy. Then you're like, okay, fine. We won't give him any more chances. We'll take your shit ton.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, What was your segue, though? Oh, my gosh. I'm interested.
0: Sorry. The, the, the segue just re- loses all oomph once you're once you go, what is your segue?
1: What's the segue? What's your off uh, Now it's. We're all now, for I, it.
0: I just feel terrible about it now. Let's. I just hate it now. No,
1: no, go ahead. get it out there. now. Oh my god, this is all. You thought it. We all have to hear it. You ruined my yeah. life.
0: Um, <laughs> well, Patrick it? and Myers. Oh my god, stop it! Stop it! <laughs> while Patrick and Myers are considered flyers of the present, let's talk about some flyers of the future.
1: There we go. That was nice. Okay.
0: Yeah, let's talk about it. Uh, Flyers'
1: future isn't as rosy as it was a couple years ago in terms of prospects, but that's also because the NHL team got a lot better. And uh, I'll take that trade off. But uh, according to Corey Pradman, uh, he did a organizational rankings uh, 2.0 uh, after the uh, post draft rankings. So uh, before the draft, he had the Flyers ranked as the tenth uh, organization in terms of prospects and uh, young talent. Now they are ranked. 12th uh, he gave the Flyers draft ac boo uh, porn is, man boo yeah yeah get out of here corey uh this is what he had to say about the uh, flyers prospect pool a lot of the flyers picks have aged well as they've been efficient in the draft They got a tremendous free agent signing in igor zamula how 2017 number two pick nolan patrick ultimately pans out could swing the outcome of their future significantly so there you go actually pretty good segue uh from the last talk we were talking about so then uh, Promin also ranked the top 15 prospects uh, who are projected to be NHLers or better for each franchise. And I thought we could go through and just touch on a couple of those uh, players for the Flyers. So first first is Joel Farabee, and second is Carter Hart, which makes sense. Third is Nolan Patrick, which, again, out of everybody else on this list is uh, the right spot. And I think third out of those three makes sense as well. Um, although I think I'd put Carter Hart above Joel Farabee right now. I don't know what that's about, actually looking at that. Um, but yeah, anyway. Uh, Morgan Frost 4th, Igor Zamula 5th, Cam York 6th, Bobby Brink 7th, Ronnie Adderd 8th. Uh, Ronnie Adderd, uh, 14 points in 30 games with Western Michigan University this season. After a 30-goal season in the USHL last year as a defenseman, I'm I, he, uh, I'm not going to say too much. I, I kind of like Adderd. A lot. I feel like he can fill an organizational need of a big guy that actually plays defense and looks like he chips in offensively to an extent. So uh Plus he sounds like four. a roadie for Metallica. Yeah, he absolutely sounds like a guy that just fucking smashes dude's face and like to the bar uh, uh, on the weekend. So big dude at six foot four, 209 so he's definitely throwing hands. Uh some issues with speed slash footwork, nice a little bit of a variation of skating. I like it. Um but uh Looked pretty good at WMU this year with uh, uh, pretty favorable uh, matchups and uh, shelter minutes and everything. So, like adder added a lot. Wade Allison, I, I talked about him because Wade Allison was ninth, and we've been uh, we've been on the Wade train for a while now. His first HL season is 2020-21. Finished his college career at the same university, WMU, uh, with 97 points in 106 games, 45 goals over four years, uh, which may not sound like a ton, but, again, 106 games – 45 goals, pretty good for a guy who had significant enough injuries a couple years ago that we weren't sure we'd be talking about him uh, in future plans, and that's probably why he's dropped a little bit on this list. If he had been healthy, he might be a little bit higher up and look like a more of a surefire dunk to be at the pro level. 10th um, time, Tyson Forrester, 11th Emil Andre, 12th uh, Connor McClemon, so there's a run on this year's draft class. Then Noah Cates, 13th. I like Noah Cates, 5th round pick in 2017. 23 points and 40 games for the University of Minnesota Duluth in 2018-19. and followed it up with 33 points in 34 games uh, for the same school uh, last season. And he's also set to be the captain for whenever uh, the NCAA kicks off 2020-21. 14th, Isaac Ratcliffe. And then 15th, last but not least, Tanner Luzinski. Tanner Lozinski you should be seeing um, at the pro level as well uh, in 2021. So those are a couple guys to keep an eye on. Uh, Wade Allison and Taylor Luzinski are the guys we've been waiting on for a while now. And uh, this is going to be a pretty big stuff from jumping up to the pros.
0: You've been talking and, about uh, Wade Allison on this podcast. We've been talking about Wade Allison since 2016. 65 years at this point. <laughs> we've been,
1: I was really hyped about him after 2016 because I wanted to go watch his highlights. And all he did was score goals and then be an asshole with celebrations. And I was like, all right, I don't need to see this guy get paid to do this. That's a flyer right there. Yeah, and then he uh, got hurt a lot, had, what was it, uh, pot, like tore a shoulder ligament and a knee ligament at the same time, or dislocated his shoulder and tore a knee ligament at the same time uh, three seasons ago. Men, he meant ha- half the season uh, three years ago and then had to play, like, games off and on two seasons ago. And then um, last year it looked to be fine again. But it definitely took a win that, uh, some win out of the sales in terms of being, like, a... Here comes Wade Allison. Like, people were even really hyped about Wade Allison coming up the, the prospect pipeline, it felt like. Um, and Taylor Luzinski is somebody, too, who... I mean, I've liked him for a while, too. It's just he's not the sexiest prospect because he's he's projecting as a middle six, like, two-way forward. And he's already playing in the NCAA. So it's not like we're going to be sharing Taylor Luzinski highlights nonstop on, uh, on Twitter or anything. It's just kind of like, oh, he's... Still playing a solid all around game. So yeah, we'll see him in a couple of years and we'll chip in like thirty points on the Nitel or something. So again, he'll be fine. Uh, but nothing nothing too crazy to write home about.
0: I'm a little bummed to see I'm a little bummed to see Isaac Ratcliffe so far down on this list. And I also saw him pretty low on uh Charlie and um
1: Alex Appleyards. Yeah, like yeah. Athletic, yeah. Yeah, the yeah.
0: athletic rankings that they did earlier for the Flyers prospects, uh Ratcliffe was pretty low on those too. And I mean, yeah. it seems like for good reason because of the AHL year he had, but uh it, it's just a bummer because I mean, given his his physical attributes, I was really hoping uh that he would come up and and be a beast at least in the the bottom yeah. six, but uh not so good so far. Yeah. And I mean,
1: I do think it was just yeah, cuz he had like six goals last year. And like, that's just when your thing is you're known for being a big ass dude that just scores goals and you come away with six for a season, you're going to drop in value in a lot of places. And I think that was I think the thing with him, too, was there was a lot of. uh, He was dominating the score goals in the OHL, and I think there was an argument that it was just because he was bigger than everybody else. So I think that also may. Because he was just able to kind of bully his way to the net and everything, and that may not be as easy to do against uh, at the pro level. So uh, he's again, unfortunately for him, he's got a pretty interesting season coming up for twenty 2020, twenty twenty one, and who knows if he's going to get to play it or what that season's going to look like for him. But if he if he's able to put home more goals this year, or at least look better and actually have better underlying numbers, then I'm I'll believe him Eyes I Ratcliffe again. I was against him because I didn't like the whole idea of trading three picks for one pick, and also he's ginormous, which, again, the game's kind of going towards speed more, so I wasn't exactly 100% on board with that, uh, that pick. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you'd like to see more out of him. Uh, uh, looking at these rankings, I guess there really isn't anything that's Tyson Forster being that low is a thing, but I think that might just be por- uh, prominent. I almost said prominent. <laughs> that might just be prominent. Uh, the slack just gets you, man. Yeah, uh, <laughs> just—it's it infectious. It's in
0: yeah,
1: uh, but uh, I, I would have liked to see Forster higher, but I, I think that is—I I think that's because a lot of national people are kind of sleeping on Forster. That, it's like we were talking before. It seems like the. Uh, if you think Forster's is good, it's because you think the skating is going to pan out. But if you don't believe in the skating, it's fair to have that as a big question mark for Tyson Forrester. Um, and again, we'll see. Uh, Flyers just drafted him, and it seems like he's already pretty aware that, that his livelihood is going to come down to skating. So I'm thinking he's going to invest some time into trying to fix it, and we'll see. Um Patch- yeah, I thought he would have been higher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, just get uh, Chase Kelly to you know talk to Paul Homer for you and get some free skating lessons in there, and everything should be a. Uh, should be fine. I also think it's interesting that he has Igor Zamula above Cam York. I think that might just be a uh, NHL arrival time projection because Zamula might be getting Zamula might be getting games this year. Maybe if bodies start dropping on the Flyers blue line.
0: Like um, I'm excited dude. about the prospects of Zamula, but I mean Cam York is the higher upside. He's uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's probably got the highest upside of any defenseman in the Flyers organization, not named Proveroff or Sanheim. Did
1: you see that fucking workout photo where it was, like, him doing, like...
0: That was ridiculous. Raise, and he had, like,
1: chains, and he had, like, fucking 10 abs, and, yeah, I mean, that guy's a fucking animal. That guy... <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm ever... I'm never ready a he, about him. Like, is I, I he don't fighting in Creed
0: 3? Like, what's going on? I, don't, I have
1: no idea, but he's got to keep shoveling all the anger and creatine into his body, and I want to see him start dropping. I want to see him put guys parallel at the NHL level. Like, I want to see him just be pissed and comment at, like, Six foot four, 330 of muscle, and he's just gonna throw people around. <laughs> not, but whatever not at doing... all what
0: was expected from Cam York, and he's just like, he actually turns into what people thought Sam Maroon was gonna be. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's just doing fucking like power cleans in between periods and just throwing kids around. Yeah, I, I, he's gonna be, he, he looked like a, he was fucking yoked, and uh, apparently that, like, he, he looks for, like he's ready for the NHL right now. So he's going to keep progressing out of Michigan, and he'll be uh, he'll be fine. Again, the Flyers on the back end, the Flyers seem to be okay for a little bit of time because they do have, I mean, Provorov, Sandheim, and hopefully Myers for a while. And then you have these two guys, and they should be pretty set. I somebody might be moved for help up front, but th- those guys are pretty some some pretty good names to have there, and Ghost too, if you're you know still into that, which I kind of
0: i sheepishly raised my hand here
1: yeah i was gonna say it's uh, i yes, still it's, love uh... ghost <laughs> we're gonna have 2020 we're gonna have podcasts in 2021 still defending the flyers are okay to still have ghost on the roster like we're gonna be i feel like we're gonna be that podcast which again i'm not totally against it i think i'm
0: fine with that i don't know 45... I- I learned... <laughs> 15 years ago he's He had an MVP caliber season, and I'm not letting it go. Uh, Steve, MVP's a little much. MVP!
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Everything just grows and grows. It's like, yeah, he had 100 points in 2017-18, but nobody wants to talk about that. He set the the NHL
0: record for defensive scoring. (laughs) I think that was Paul Coffey, Steve. Shut up!
1: Look. He had the most ice time, the most goals, the most keeps, and the most power play assists for any defenseman in the history of hockey for this five-year span. I think we got to keep on the team. Just got to keep him around. Got to keep him around.
0: Steve, are you feeling okay?
1: No. Steve, I feel like you may not be feeling okay. I'm going to talk about Segways Because you just saw the Flyers leaked a parent third jersey. And my God, those things are... uh, They're technically a jersey. I'll say that. They're weird. They're they're definitely weird. Look, they're, they're no we can't argue about that. They're weird. Uh, I don't know if I like them. I don't. Is what I'm leaning towards. Like um
0: I don't think I like them. <laughs> Let me put it that way. I I really I really
1: don't because like now that I'm looking at the aesthetics like and if you want to uh, look this up its aesthetics that share the leak. Uh it's, looking at it and seeing that it is just the exact it's the same as like the 80s away jerseys. Or even like the... Yeah, it's more the 80s. It's not like the or the 90s orange. Too. It's the 80s,
0: no. 90s one. I mean, so yeah. essentially what the concept is is they are doing retro jerseys, but they're doing reverse colors. So essentially what you're seeing is they've interchanged the orange, black, and white on the jerseys to be in different parts but left the the emblem alone. So you've got the the black base you've got white sleeves you've got the orange stripe and you've got an orange uh shoulder which is it's weird for sure but it we also yeah. we also discovered in the slack that <laughs> it's basically the phantom's jerseys oh
1: yeah i can kind of see that now
0: but i mean what they're going for is kind of a cool idea and much better executed on the leaked pittsburgh penguins jerseys because the penguins jerseys the
1: penguins ones yeah
0: they're just their late 90s uh, Pittsburgh jerseys, the black ones, you know, the, as they were calling it, I think, on Pennsburg, the, the Snoop Dogg jerseys, because he wears the Yeah, Vigo. I was going to say,
1: I do think about that, yeah.
0: <laughs> but it it's that, but just a, like, white version of that, essentially. And that's yeah. a great idea, great. That looks good, yeah. I did see, I think it was Russian Machine Never Breaks, uh, also had news on a potential Capitals one. And, again, these are all leaks Ooh, and rumors, league? but pretty substantial ones. Oh, I, I'll send it over to you. But, it, uh, it so they're going with the Screaming Eagle. Do you remember the Screaming Eagle jersey? Oh,
1: yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So they're going with the Screaming Eagle, but, like, a red jersey? Instead of, because remember the Screaming Eagle was on that, like, aqua turquoise? Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right, uh, here we go. I think it might be do you find it? I was about to send it over. No, to go ahead and send it. Go ahead and send it. Okay. You going
1: to uh, please send it over, sir? I
0: didn't mean, that. <laughs> you could I mean, you could have demanded it. It's totally fine with me, but it's I don't know. I don't like that one either, but that one's even weirder to me because that one's kind of betraying the, the retro aspect where it's just got like the design, but not the colors. Like don't go with the current colors, go with the ones that would be true to the time, but reversed. Like, yeah. Yeah. But I guess the reverse would just be, cause that was essentially their home and away Jersey at the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you can't really do one for, for that. Yeah. Those jerseys were, I, I I didn't really. I mean, those jerseys are terrible. But like the ones where they made the aqua or like the the dark green that the main color, I thought looked all right, considering what a weird like the color for they were the. Using.
0: What a weird color for the Washington Capitals. <laughs> to have, yeah,
1: it was a weird. Look, there's a lot of thing the Capitals probably don't want to talk about from like the '90s, but uh, it did. I mean, that was uh, those were the early Ovechkin days. That's back when uh, fucking Dinos was his line mate and he was out there scoring. Some of the most ridiculous goals in hockey history. He was wearing those puppies on a line. I think it was him, Jeff Alpern, and Dino were all on the same line. And that was back before people cared about hockey in Maryland. It was an insane time to be able I love you okay. some I can kind of see how
0: this works, but I don't know. It still feels... So the, the Flyers one is weird just because... As many people have pointed out, I, I, you know, a couple people pointed out. I think Kelly was the first one I saw point this out. But uh, it looks like a, a Foreman Mills knockoff. I personally yep. like Bill Matz's uh, comparison the best. It looks like something I'd pick up at the Sports Authority in the late nineties, which is a hundred percent what this looks like to me. And it, 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 it looks like a weird fail. knockoff. Yeah, it, it does have like that feel. Too. That's a problem. And, but it's like I almost. I almost like it, like, I like the idea, and I'm sorry, it's an orange base, black shoulders, white sleeves, orange stripe. So, I almost like it. I like a lot of the ideas, but I really just want the Flyers to wear retro jerseys at the end of the day. And it's just a tease for what I actually want versus... Like, I don't understand what the NHL's problem is here, because MLB has now, for a few seasons... Uh, successfully instituted retro jersey programs for most of their teams and it's awesome it's one of the things that gets the fans most excited and mlb's fucked up a lot in recent years but like the (laughs) phillies what a hot dumpster fire this year but damn were they a good looking hot dumpster fire in their powder throwbacks
1: Oh yeah, I think I think that's the secret. Is we need the league to just have powder blue jerseys. I feel like every jersey I'm like that looks fucking awesome. It's just like like the Twins have one, uh, the Rays have one, uh, the Royals have one. Like any team that has we don't blue need in to talk about.
0: Team. We do not need to talk about this blue Flyers jersey again from the late '90s. <laughs> <laughs> it's not for the. Dig Flyers. it up. I,
1: Let's do it, baby. Hell yeah.
0: I mean, looking at these jerseys. I don't really, know, ahead. like I don't think they're the dumpster fire that a lot of people think they are, but they're not good. They're they're weird. They just make me feel like something's like it's like I'm I'm viewing an alternate universe flyers where somebody just kind of fucked up, and I'm like, why did they do that? I don't know.
1: It no, it's exactly what Bill and Kelly were talking about. It feels like the I've seen this jersey on a bunch of dudes. Uh, named Tony from South Philly, that just won't shut the fuck up about stuff at Flyers games. Like, this is the same exact jersey it looks like. Like, a really cheap knockoff that, like, nobody wanted to actually, like, spend money on. That's what the format looks like. Uh, but, like, the arms, like, if they had more. Like, I, I feel like the. the I shoulders... honestly think
0: the sho- it's either the shoulders or the sleeves, but something's got to be changed up because that's, that's. There's got to be like. more.
1: Yeah, like, the. Whatever color they went with on the bottom, like so, they have the black over the, the back and going down on the arms, and about like the elbow, it has like the orange and black stripe, and then the white from there, there down. If they had either just full black arm like sleeves, or if they had the white going up to like maybe over top the numbers, like the placement of like where the colors bleed on the arms is too weird for me. I think that's a big thing that's killing me right now. Like it looks like it it just looks like a weird spot on the shoulder to kind of have to cut off. Like, I think you gotta have it in the numbers or, like, up around the shoulders, and then just... It's the combo of both that don't look great. That's I just don't like the long white God, sleeves. I don't know about fashion. Yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, like, that's fine, too. I, that's... There's a lot... I mean, there's a lot of... We're just focusing on the sleeves. I think this whole thing's hot garbage. Like, there's just... I uh, see, um, I don't... Little, I don't
0: think the whole thing's hot garbage, but I think so. it's just weird. It's off. I mean... I, I don't know, but do I... I, I. Feel I like think I you say... don't
1: hate it. I feel like you don't hate it because it's the '90s orange,
0: right? Well, or I, I, like those like the are my favorite row. jerseys. Those are my favorite. Yeah, jerseys, so I yeah.
1: think that's what's keeping this alive for you. But the rest of it is just the train wreck. I mean, I don't know, you know though. I mean? Like,
0: I like certain elements of it better than, say. Like, for instance, the alternate black jerseys right now. Like, I think the overall design's like kinda cool, but the readability of it is friggin' horrible. Oh, yeah. Like I go to a game, I I can't legitimately can't tell what numbers and names are on the back. It's really bad. Yeah. And like I don't know, I, I feel I feel like I, I almost there's some things I almost like about this, but it's not again, just because it has that knockoff feel, it's not quite there. And it sucks because again, the Penguins one, the Pittsburgh throwback, looks great. It looks like yeah, It, they had an easy it looks exactly yeah. right. Yeah, they had an easy solution. Yeah, they had an easy. That's Pittsburgh. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Classic uh, They, maybe, uh, right?
1: <laughs> they, uh, but yeah, and the Flyers don't really have that option, I guess. Because yeah, like you said, with the Cavs one too. Like this was, it wasn't the third that they're going off. Like, you know, one day soon we'll have the Flyers uh, doing a third, the the, the Bizarro World third of those 2006 third jerseys that you love so much. Or like the orange jerseys that you love. Well, the, uh, Craig, silver, uh.
0: what I'm actually noticing now that I'm taking another look at the side-by-side between the, the 80s jersey and this one is the shade of orange. I almost feel like if they had actually gone with the shade of orange from the 80s jersey, which is like a darker, like, almost burnt yeah. orange instead of this lighter current orange, this like almost creamsicle that they're using now, not quite creamsicle, but almost like, I mm-hmm. feel like I would like it maybe a little better if it had gone with that. But instead it's the why,
1: why is there a reason why they can't figure out what fucking color code they use for like the burnt orange back on that? Why have they not hit that exact color orange in all these multiple jerseys we've had to watch? Like why? Like that's what if it's getting like lighter all every want. time. It's get, they are getting close. They're getting no. It's getting close. lighter
0: every time. It's getting lighter.
1: Yeah, they got. Cl- yeah, they're moving away from it now. But like they, like if they did that, because I think if you made it that orange, with the rest of it, all right, I, I would It'd be allow a step it. in I the just, right
0: direction. But it's yeah. Because it's all I quite. think
1: about when I see that orange, I just think of Lindros, So I'm like, all right, well you can talk me into anything now. So what, what are you gonna sell me on? But they uh, just don't want to do it. Not not feeling it. Bye. I don't know.
0: I don't know, man. It's just, but again, just give us the retro throwbacks that we all want. That's yeah. all we want. Just give us that, just and by the way, them a couple times a year, and that's all. Yeah.
1: Uh, no, yeah. And exactly. sell them. At store. Yeah. And looking at it now, they did. This is, it,
0: can I? I just want to go on one more mini rant against fanatics because I just. Oh yeah, go ahead. The fact that I can't get retro NHL shit, I want to spend my hard-earned cash on good retro NHL, shit. <laughs> and they have just taking it all away. There's nothing out there unless I go dumpster diving on eBay. You monsters. Get another <laughs> deal with Mitchell and Ness. Let me buy retro NHL shit.
1: Yeah. No, I'll, I'll co-sign that, even though it's definitely more. You'll be the one buying more stuff, but yeah, they need, to, they need to have more options back there. I'm looking at uh, looking at it now. It is the exact opposite of like because when you look at the sleeves, they did just flip the white and the black, but still like I feel like that looks better. I guess it's the two dark colors as being like the majority of the jersey doesn't just doesn't look great,
0: right? They neither, either have right. no need that like no white
1: in the sleeves or all of it.
0: Like I don't know. It looks you need so more right. contrast and, and the, the dark yeah. on dark and and just given what those colors are, it, the orange and the black, like, it's just not. It, it, it just say, ends up looking like a, a weird knockoff.
1: So you, uh, for the new ones, you keep everything the same except you make the numbers, uh, the and alternate letters, and the black in the Flyers P, you make them all white. What are our thoughts? If you want contrast, that's where I'm at right now.
0: Ooh, we're getting weird, about, let's get you're weird. Talking about, you're talking about messing with the logo? Let's also logo. Yeah,
1: let's mess mm, with the logo.
0: My <laughs> least favorite Flyers <laughs> jersey of all time does that, that number one cardinal sin, and I've never <laughs> forgiven it for that. You know, I actually put out earlier... Uh, you know, a tweet about those jerseys and people actually defended those jerseys from around 2005, those orange uh alternate jerseys. Those things are atrocities. I hate them so much. And I own one folks. I own one. I wore it to the, the outdoor game, (laughs) Peter (laughs) Forsberg one. And uh, funny enough, Charlie and I had very similar stories uh, on this matter where both of us had asked our parents for a, uh, an orange Flyers jersey for a certain player. His was Gagne. Mine was Forsberg, and we ended up getting that third jersey instead of the good orange '90s jersey that we wanted.
1: That's uh, I think that's how boy stories go. I think I got an open a blank jersey for mine. when I got it way back in the
0: day. It's just the the and logos wrong. The the numbers are oh, just yeah. these things. Oh late. yeah. Everything is just weird about and God damn that pattern on the sleeves is just oh it's so I am. ugly. I had, there was like a weird
1: hand-me-down jersey that my dad gave me that like in first grade where it was, there was like, the Flyers logo looked normal, except like, inst- like the white piping that goes around the entire like Flying P, there was orange lining on the inside and outside of it, and then another like circle of black piping around that. Level of orange, so it's just like way too many layers around. Like the, I was like, I don't know what I'm looking at right now, and then the rest <laughs> of it was just like the, it was like the the old burnt orange, and uh, everything else. But it was pretty, uh, and it didn't have sleep. It was just a goofiest looking jersey. I have no idea where it is now.
0: I'm trying to think and, if it could be. I gotta find it now. About, that does sound goofy, but and we talked yeah, about burnt orange, it. by the way. But the 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 problem with this 2005, you know, whatever, uh, third jersey is that the orange is too dark. It's just, like, way too dark. Like, almost red.
1: My opinion is they didn't do enough with the logo. I think they need to spice up.
0: Yeah, it should it be, like, a hologram? Yeah.
1: I think they should... Uh, they should just make the Flying P uh, just uh, personify it. Just make him a walking and talking, like, a creature. And give him, like, arms and legs. Like, stick figure arm and legs. And, like, he's waving and smiling at you. And just call him Fly the Flyer.
0: There we go that's my have, idea
1: for yeah
0: why don't we just have 16 mascots like the phillies you know there's the fanatic and then there's the galapagos just... <laughs> gang these high weirdos that hang out with the fanatic and sometimes <laughs> eat each other and then it's it's all horrifying the galapagos gang horrifying look
1: if you're telling me we can extend gritties like like mascot family okay you, you don't want more gritties
0: at, at the game the gritty gang sounds horrifying
1: yeah, it would be terrifying and it would be like the new Philly flu. nobody would come to Philly because of the mascots that would be we're doing your this. dream I'm writing had a letter. dreams like that yeah no I I have and I wake up in a cold sweat every single time so I will uh, I a dream the dream
0: uh... <laughs> of the critic gang terrifying people
1: <laughs> write a letter to uh, to Scott right now get it going
0: there <laughs> you go get it going yeah now <laughs> I, I I don't know. We'll see what happens with these. I do need to see an official mock-up. Also, we don't know that these are a hundred percent actually going to happen, but people seem right. pretty sure about this. And aesthetics is a pretty reliable site. I, I really yeah. can't see them reporting on this unless it's uh, likely going to happen, but who knows, who knows? It may not happen, but it's probably going to happen. If, yeah. But I, I want to see official pictures. I want to see them in uniform. Uh, and Like, I I wonder if they'll do something weird with, like, the helmets again, like they did at the last Stadium Series game for the Flyers and Penguins. If you do that, guys, and this is a plea from me to the Philadelphia Flyers, if you do something weird with the helmets again, don't just plaster the Flyers logo on awkwardly on the helmet. Actually make it wings on the helmet, because it's a flying bee. You've got wings right there. Just do the wing pattern. It would look great. I like
1: it. Yeah. I think they should do that, or uh, like you know how the eagles uh, like well, well, like the eagles do, where it's like the though the wings kind of match up correctly on each side. Uh right. you do that, but it's you make it so it's like gritty with his helmet and flow. So then each player, it looks like they're looking out through gritty's eyes, and then the rest <laughs> of it is painted with. Well, I'm going on a big gritty kick right now. Just you FYI, are. big fan of what he, I love his work. Yeah, he's doing great, and uh, I think we should see more of that. Is what I'm saying that's what i'm getting at here we're talking jerseys we're talking shop let's talk shop let's talk turkey let's get in there and uh get the flyers Greg new Forsyth,
0: the new director of gritty marketing for the philadelphia flyers <laughs> i'm just gonna get in
1: with the big wigs with the flyers and that's the only thing i'm gonna talk about they're like what's the one thing you'd upgrade with the fan experience i'm thinking two gritties the one gritty's been working out why not more and that's uh you guys will be welcome for that
0: can you guys make gritty uh, jerseys? Can the the players have googly <laughs> eyes on the jerseys?
1: Can the players wear googly eyes? I'll go 0-82. If it means I'm going to laugh the entire time, might be worth it. you know. There's been a lot of seasons where they've come pretty close to 0-82 and I haven't been laughing. So if I'm going to get yucks 82 times a year, I'm, I'm fine with that. I can live <laughs> with that. It's all about the yucks. Uh, yeah, and I guess... What most people in Toronto can live with now is that they have Joe Thornton on their roster. And with that said, Stephen, we're going to talk about NHL free agents and uh, guys who have signed and some dudes who are still out there. Jumbo uh, Joe went was, home. Jumbo Joan, hashtag went home. And, uh, Jumbo Joan. Uh, Jumbo Joan. That, that is not, that was an accident. Jumbo Joe. Jumbo Jumbo Joan, Joan uh, Jet.
0: <laughs> And, uh, That's just year. that shows show Thornton with like dyed black hair and like a leather <laughs> jacket.
1: Yeah, he loves to rock in Toronto. I couldn't I couldn't think of anything. Whatever. Uh, one year, seven hundred k for Jumbo Joe. Uh, Thirty-one points in seventy games last season. Fifteen thirty ice time of night. Honestly, not not the worst third line option. Uh, and again, wouldn't have mind possibly being in on that for one year. Uh, but it sounded like he was. Only had his eyes probably on one place for going, and that would have been uh, the Leafs. He did sign with HC Davos last year and or last week in the NLA, which is the top league. He had one assist in one game for saying uh, Audi, and he left and he came back to Toronto. And uh, according to uh, the Twitter, he will be the first 97 in Maple Leafs history, which is amazing because the Maple Leafs have been. I mean, they got a Stanley Cup draft that's almost a century old. So to find a jersey for people that have been playing. Like, that's pretty impressive. Also, T.J. Brody, the first 78, apparently. Um, And while we're at it with jersey numbers, uh, Wayne Simmons, our boy, will be wearing number 24. And Zach Bogosian will be wearing 22. And that brings us to the Flyers real quick, because I forgot to put this in the outline somewhere else. But uh, Eric Gustafson will be wearing number 56. I didn't know if we've talked about that yet on the show but that is of course uh according to the website and multiple other websites with his number being 56 so uh he'll be the fourth 56 in flyers history if he's wears 56 and uh do you remember the other three steve slash have you looked at the outline yet
0: i have not made it that far down the outline 56
1: so take a get there are three other ones and one of them is a bit of trivia that you May know The other two are recent players that uh, it would be understandable if you forgot about them. If we're being honest. <laughs> I, I, yeah,
0: I can't think of fifty six off. The okay, head. so
1: uh, Drew's first two games in the NHL, he was 56 back in the NHL Ah, NBA yes, league. yes. So that little thing. Uh, Tyrell Goldborn uh, spent nine games, I believe, in 2017-18 as number 56. How could I forget uh, fifty six? I saw him. I was at, not to brag, and I'm about to go on a big Tyrell Goborn story here, but I was at his first NHL game, Stephen, and uh, my buddy had tickets for him and his girlfriend, couldn't go to that game, gave them to me and one of my other friends, and we were about nine rows off the ice in the corner where Tyrell Goborn planted for Trangio to set the first goal, and uh, I'll tell you what, Steve, that was probably the best moment of Tyrell Goborn's life, and I was right there for it, and it was pretty exciting, and uh, so yeah, here's the a 56, and then Mike McKenna extremely extremely nice man very bad goalie uh but he was number 56 and
0: part of the gritty uh, two years ago (laughs) yeah of 2019 yeah
1: (laughs) uh total of 12 games by my account have been played by 56 so that'll be two for drew nine for goldborn and then the one for mckenna so Gustafson should shatter that record uh if he does decide to go through number, number 56 and uh yeah, again, this is the second, third week free agency, so not a lot going on out there. Uh, Mike Hoffman's still available. Uh, Anthony is still out there. Some names I, I looked at and thought maybe the Flyers might be interested if they were to, you know, get exciting and make a trade or cut somebody in the next month or two, and they need or they feel uneasy about Patrick. Uh, Carl Soderberg and Ericola are two names that are just kind of out there. And uh, Soderberg would be a guy that you could probably talk into a one-year deal, and he wouldn't, I guess, kill you playing uh, third-line minutes. Uh, just a very unflattering half a point per game player, honestly. Uh, 35 points in 70 games last season, 17 goals for the Coyotes, and he has 280 points, 103 of which are goals in 552 games over eight seasons. So he was a guy I was looking at. Narcala had... Yeah, I mean, he was a guy with uh, the Panthers and uh, the Vegas Golden Knights in Minnesota, and um, I mean, he would be... He had a lot more appeal, I guess, before this season. Didn't really have the best uh, season this year. Uh, so he might be even cheaper to get, but I think those two might be names to watch if it becomes apparent that Fletcher's back in the market for a 3C, which again, it doesn't even look like that's the case. So we could be coming up on a lot of standing still time here again. Um, kind of like we did have back in from, uh, like March through, I guess the middle of July. Right. So there's going to be a lot of just, uh, us taking guesses at what's going to happen and then we'll just go from there. So that's me throwing out Carl Soderberg and Eric Cole as two guys to watch if weird stuff shapes up and, uh, Fletcher does tip it, tip his toes back into the, uh, the three C market. Um, Other free agent stuff we got to talk about. The big one, I mean, we got to talk about Cody Cece becoming a penguin. I mean, again, GMJR, just the gift that keeps on giving. He keeps nailing it out of the fucking park. And, I mean, I I love how he was just like, all right, Jack Johnson's gone. You don't have to worry about him anymore. However, you are going to have to worry about Cody Cece because we're bringing him in, folks. Like, I just picture that being like the same press conference. Like, he's just waving Jack Johnson goodbye, and then he's just waving Cody Cece. And it's the same old thing. Like, I mean, Cody Cece... Not good. I think he's a little quicker. Doesn't make him better at defense. He's he's still pretty bad at a lot of stuff you want hockey players to be good at. And
0: uh, he's a little less expensive, and that's pretty much the only advantage.
1: Yeah, and if you are the Penguins, you need to worry about cap space right now too. Which I mean is just and again, by the way, Crosby and Malkin are a little bit older uh, this week than they were last week, and they're not getting any younger. So you got to remember that with all these signings. And uh, one year, one point two five million for 2020-21. Uh, and the whole thing with him is his numbers have been, yeah, I mean, they've been some of the worst for a while. And then Toronto, his numbers weren't overtly terrible, but they were still pretty bad, all things considered. And then the Leafs even went to go bad for him and said that according to their internal numbers, he was doing fine. And whenever a team says that, by the way, when their internal numbers that nobody is willing to do the work to find the actual numbers for, or it just seems like something they're kind of saying... They're just saying it because that's what came down to Cody CC. So Cody CC's thing with Toronto was in terms of limiting chances or shots against his numbers weren't terrible, actually decent except when you look at how much offense or how many chances he generated while he was out there, like how many of the chances the Leafs generated, he was the bottom of the team for all of it. So I mean, that's basically like
0: that's basically like when Rutherford came out about Jack Johnson at the end of the season. He's like, he wasn't that bad. He did. It, it was pretty okay
1: yeah like and it was like, like cc's year last year was kind of like i think a lot of people that want Cody CC to be good are like well he had great defensive numbers and it's like yeah but he literally provided no all like no offense at all like it was it was counterproductive because then you're just waiting for the death by the thousand cuts or whatever like you're just waiting for all the bad chances to go in against them and again, his numbers weren't that great, even with that said. Out of the sixth Toronto defenseman last year that played over 800 minutes at 5-5, five five, CeCe was 6 with a 50.87 expected goals 4 percentage. Again, that's not like he was above 50 expected goals 4 percentage. So it wasn't that bad, but he was still the 6th highest and rated compared to his teammates. Uh, his 2.2 expected goals against for 60 was second best, but his 2.28 expected goals 4 per 60 was the lowest of the 6. So again doing moderate in terms of limiting chances, but just not doing anything offensively. So it's kind of more the same. It's not going to be as terrible, but he's just not good. And he just doesn't solve any problems for the Penguins. And I I like what he's building out there. I got to give it to GMJR. He's really he's making a meal of it. He's really fucking it up, and I really appreciate that. And again, he's I'm only kind of it. worried. <laughs> I'm really only kind of worried about it. Because uh, again, I'm worried about the time with Shane right now. Like, that's the only Galaxy Brain fear I have because we're talking about the Penguins here, folks. We're talking about a team that went from their owner was, like, talking to Kansas City about what can you do for me. And then the next year they won a Stanley Cup. Like, this is just a team that falls has so much luck handed to them. It's just kind of insane. So, for Jim Rutherford to be actively losing trades in real time that the entire world is a league of, Yeah. I I kind of think Pittsburgh is going to luck into getting the next generational talent, so we can watch Crosby and Malkin laugh it up with him as he sets him up for goals like we had to with Crosby and Lemieux. So I'm just I'm waiting for that. I'm I'm nervous about that, Steve. That's my main fear right now.
0: Well, we can't think about that. We can't live in fear, Craig. So let's just live it That's laughing. True. Let's live our our rivals' slow demise, and it's far too slow. Please accelerate this demise. <laughs> Let's
1: let's instead focus on the things that are happening around us, like uh, J.C. Howard going to Vancouver and Jill Key Nordstrom going to the Flames. Uh, those are some other free agent signings I want to point exciting. out. Uh, players, uh, very exciting, decent addition by the Vancouver Canucks, and uh, Nordstrom is leaving the Bruins, who are having the, the couple key names leaving them uh, this offseason. season. Uh, Worth pointing out. And uh, I also the last thing I want to talk about is Jeremy Bracco and Darren Radish going to different teams. Bracco was taken sixty first overall in twenty fifteen. He the, that pick was originally belonged to the Blackhawks, who then traded these their second round pick to the Flyers in a deal for timonen And because timonen played enough during the twenty fifteen postseason, the Flyers had a fourth round pick that became a second round pick. The Flyers used that second round pick in a deal to the Maple Leafs to move up to twenty fourth and take. Connect me. I, that was just a long-winded way to say that Hexall did some work that day. And Bracco, I liked Bracco that draft, Steve. I remember talking about Bracco on our 2015 free draft pr- podcast, which I think was the second podcast we ever did. And I was, I was oh, Team Bracco because he's a small American who's putting up a ton of points, and I thought he's going to keep doing that because uh, again, game is getting beat be more about speed. But uh, didn't really have a strong pro season last year. Uh, Thirty goals and ninety-four points in sixty-five games for the U.S. national team during his draft season. Covered last year at 34 points in 44 games, four of which were goals for the Marlies. And again, 34 points in 44 games isn't bad, but uh, four goals as a uh, dynamic forward is a little concerning. Darren Radish was was another prospect that had signed with the Blackhawks and recently let go, I believe, by the Lightning. But uh, was another prospect that has kind of been fizzling out and might be getting a change of scenery with the Rangers. I don't think he's going to do anything with the Rangers, but he is a name. That people know so uh, and with all those names that people know people might know these names of the arbitration cases coming up not a great segue but I, I mean there's not nothing to work best, with there so no no not good at all. So uh, a bunch of players have already avoided some of the hearings they were supposed to have they were supposed to start uh, today the 20th uh, and it's supposed to be Andrew Mangiapane Anthony D'Angelo um, and I think Matt Grizzlick, yeah, and they all avoided uh, arbitration. Anthony, Andrew, Anthony D'Angelo signed last week before we recorded. Grizzlick avoided arbitration, stays in Boston for four more years at $3,687,500 a year. Maggi avoids his arbitration case and stays in Calgary for two years at $2,425,000 a year. So Wednesday was supposed to be Ilya Mikhaev's uh, hearing arbitration case for him and the Maple Leafs. He signed a deal tonight, uh, two years, $1,645,000 a year. Uh, free members reporting that Toronto wanted two years at $1 million for him, while Makayev wanted one year at $2.7 million. Uh, and it looks like they kind of met in the middle, which is uh, usually how this works. A little more on the, the Leafs side, but anyway. Uh, 23 points, eight of which were goals for him in 39 games last year in his first NHL season coming over from the KHL. And uh, that is the last... The, the next arbitration case will be Connor Brown on the 22nd, Thursday. And then after that, Tyler Perduzzi on the 25th, Linus Omark on the 26th, Sam Reinhart on the 27th. Uh, and then by that time, we should have recorded by uh, then. And I'll fill you in by, uh, with who's coming up after that. But uh, Tyler Perduzzi, by the way, I want to point this out. I get why he's going. He has a case uh, against the, the Red Wings because – Think about how bad the Red Wings have been the last two years, and this guy has back-to-back 20 goal seasons. I mean, that's you, tip of the hat of that guy. I mean, you uh, know his dad isn't really the the greatest guy, I guess, but he's uh, he's he's putting some goals up there in Detroit, and uh, not a lot of other people are actually producing points up there. So good, good for him for getting hey, payday.
0: That's a first place team situation. This year, let me tell you.
1: Oh, is that what somebody said? <laughs> Nobody said that. we are going to be like,
0: I, I don't know how I missed that dumb comment from somebody, but uh, I'm going to bury the, them right now. The only dumb comment on that is me just now very sarcastically.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I get jokes. Uh, also, other players scheduled further down the road for arbitration cases, but I've already signed her, Alexander Gu- Georgiev. He signed for two years, $2,425,000 a year, and then uh, the center's Nick Paul, not Logan Paul. Uh, signed for two years, one point three five million dollars.
0: Oh, that was a year, reference. And
1: also, yeah, right. It's coming up. Yeah, no. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I, I didn't mean to do that. I mean, they're, you know, he's, but, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, and then the Flyers don't have any arbitration cases because it would only be, well, now it would only be Myers, and they did not have a case uh, scheduled. So, uh, yeah, and. Uh, Again, no segue for this. So, Steve, I'm just going out. Sorry about that. But, uh, Blackhawks today, uh, wrote a fan to their, or a letter to their fans. They didn't write a fan to their letters, um, that, uh, they will now be rebuilding. And that's just exactly oh, wow. what Jonathan Taves wanted to hear. So, uh, and they used, they literally used the term rebuilding in the letter, which is kind of, it's funny to us, not for the Blackhawks fans probably, but pretty, it's refreshing. That's how actually said it. Uh, we're committed to developing young players and rebuilding our roster. We want more than another window to win. We want to reach the summit again and stay there, an effort that will require a stockpile of emerging talent to complement our top players. The influx of youth and their progression will provide roster flexibility and depth throughout our lineup. Uh, so I went he through went the that He went oh, on to
0: this should happen <laughs> just in time for Taves and Kane to retire.
1: Yeah, just, just in time. So, first of all, if you're going to rebuild, uh, got to throw those guys onto the table. They've got to be on the table to move now. and Because uh, if not, you're just going to kind of be, uh, I don't know, you're just going to be doing a bigger version of what the Flyers are doing, which is having veteran contracts that kind of look like they're too big for the moment and nobody wants them, and also trying to rebuild on the fly, which uh, i tell you what, it hasn't quite worked yet, but We'll see how it goes. Uh, do so? Do you want anything with well, the
0: Blackhawks? Look,
1: yeah, I know that was kind of an oversimplification.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I've seen people give the Flyers a lot of shit for the the retooling, but at the same time, like, I don't know. The Senators tanked forever and hasn't done shit. The Oilers tanked for like ten years and it didn't do shit. So I, I don't know. I, I th- yeah. There can be a way to retool. Uh, I don't think the Blackhawks are doing a very good job of
1: it. Oh no no! The Blackhawks are doing a
0: pretty bad job of it. <sighs> like it, it just seems like an excuse for poor management, really.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's fairly really what it is. I mean, the Flyers really aren't. I mean, outside of like the Drew and Boruchek contracts, there's it, really not like a. The, I mean, Chicago's got to figure out Kane, Taves, and, and Keith now. So and and. Seabrook. And Seabrook. So yeah, Seabrook's a bad one. Seabrook's the. I mean, I don't know how they're gonna get out of that one, but. Um yeah. Uh players with one year left on that deal though from the Blackhawks. And um there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and three of them just signed this year. So Zach Smith at three point two five million, Matthias Yamark at two point two five million, David Kampf, one million, and he's an RFA after this year, Lucas Walmark, nine hundred and fifty K RFA after next year. Alexander Neilander, eight hundred and sixty three thousand, uh Nikita Zadorov, and then Nick Sealer. So, I want even putting the cap hits aside. I want one of those guys, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of them, uh, no thank you. Like I, I kind of want Walmart, and that's about it. Like Zadorov's a big dude that just hits and scores some goals, but like isn't great. Nick sealer's terrible at the sport. Alexander Neilanders, bust. David Kampf is they thought he was going to be Marcus Kruger, and he isn't. And then Zach Smith has been – he's been Zach Smith for a while now, and uh, I don't know why the Blackhawks paid on that much money. Uh, and, if, like, Yao yeah, Mark's not going anywhere either. Like, he would be all right too, but he's – they're not going to move him now either. And I was looking at the defense, and Connor Murphy and Calvin DeHaan are there, and Connor, Connor Murphy may not be the worst option as a guy to add to the top four, and then you lose him in the expansion draft. But, again, you know, how much are you throwing – how many assets are you throwing at a guy you think you're going to lose in a year anyway? Um, so yeah, that's the Blackhawks. So I I, just, I think we should laugh at the Blackhawks anyway. We were talking about Doc Emmerich and one of his more famous calls was 2010. So it's uh, nice to see the Blackhawks uh, in a little bit of hell right now.
0: That's a shame. <laughs> at least going
1: through some kind of torture. Yeah, it's a real shame. We all we all feel terrible for him. And,
0: yeah, uh, I just hate to see it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, so Steve. Are we, uh, I, I can't believe we're finally going to do this topic, because we've been talking about it for a second. But I, I've wanted to do it for a while now, because I, I enjoy it thoroughly. It's almost, that article's almost a month old now, too, actually looking at
0: it. It is, it is. But we've had a lot to talk about, and we found ourselves with more to talk about tonight than I anticipated as well. So, let
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. Us... Oh, you, you pushing it again? No,
0: we'll get into it real quick. <laughs> I, I did want to talk about it, but we'll get into it real quick. But
1: I do have the game. I have a game. Do you want me to do the game instead? We push it back. Oh, I say again? we
0: push the game back. I...
1: Oh, wow! All right. Yes. Yeah, I guess we'll do your subject. Oh yeah, my your topic.
0: god!
1: But, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? No, you know, buddy. You know what, yeah. buddy? No. You Look at the clock. Uh, you know? no, no, no. You
0: look at the clock.
1: No, I'm not looking. I'm not looking at anything. I'm not listening. I'm not listening to you. You don't. You don't know me at all.
0: You're you ah, giving me a lot of guff tonight. Yeah, a lot of
1: guff. Guf. <laughs> 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 this is it. This is the last perps. <laughs> the next time we see each other, we're actually fighting. True. That's what's going on. With
0: masks on. Because we're responsible.
1: Yeah, yeah that's right. Because and, and social distancing. So it's going to be a real weird looking fight. We're just going to be throwing stuff at each other. For water water balloon fight. We'll, we'll get into it. Yeah, that's right. It'll be kind of, yeah. It'll be funny in a way. And speaking of funny, apparently, apparently, apparently this guy is pretty funny. Oh my God.
0: Yeah, so I had caught this thing a few months ago. I had uh, caught this, I think uh, Uproxx had run this. It was uh, based on a Rolling Stone list where they had asked uh, 300 music critics and professionals to create their comprehensive roundup of their 500 greatest albums of all time. Uh, So a lot of people took this seriously. One person who did not take this seriously is one of my favorite musical acts, uh, Ad Rock from the Beastie Boys. He submitted a bunch of completely made-up album names, and there there might be stuff that is real in here. I can't tell with most of the albums submitted by Ed Rock I, here. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: I I mean, like I, I don't even care if they are real. It's just funny. Like already setting it up, like they're fake names. Some of these just are are funny to me. So I'm sure, like, there's probably some like big indie band that we're gonna make fun of, and then we're gonna have people in our mentions. But, but like, I can't imagine I the know. Frank
0: Figueroa Funkin' Ensembles double gang ba- double bang bang is coming back.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's no way, there's no way some band's named Grits and Gravy and they have an album called Nothing But the Good Stuff, nothing with N U T H I N apostrophe. I don't think that's happening. Uh, Chirp, the city ain't tough enough. <laughs> Ultimate Spinach, self-titled album. I, I, I love like that a, one. Uh, I
0: love Ultimate Spinach so much. <laughs> the
1: out of controls. I need new friends. Uh, the Dapper the, Duo. Uh, Your freaky touch, buddy.
0: By the way, there is a grits and gravy.
1: There is a. Oh wait, oh, but, they
0: a but they don't. But they don't. But they don't have a nothing but the good stuff. They just have ingredients as their only. <laughs> their only. Oh, oh okay <laughs> oh wait that's grits and let's see grits and oh that might be what the uh... yes let's see grits and gravy no it's just a song from the fame gang so yes that that would be on the list at least according to spotify okay.
1: <laughs> uh we got video kids woodpeckers from space uh the pete smith quintet Dyn- dynamism uh, rough and Ready, We Rhyme Right, Phil Collins, Dancing... Well, That's, that's Phil Collins, yes.
0: Uh, yeah, we got some did, Phil Collins fans Did you, you fans. happen to go with Pops Willard's Bus Station Situation?
1: No, I did not do that one. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Funkadunk, Out of b- Bounds on the Dance Floor. Yes. Chip Button, Drums Are My Bag, The Captain, 22-pound 22, 22 turkey. Like, what the fuck? These am are I amazing. This?
0: These are amazing. And again, I I can't tell you, you know, how many of these are actually fake and which one's are real. I don't know most. Okay, of them. there's no way. But if, these are.
1: I feel like this one, the T-bones, no matter what shape, parenthesis, your stomach is in and parenthesis. There's no way that that's a real song. If that feels like, or if it is, it feels like a Jenny Craig commercial song. I don't know. That feels like it's not. You looking it up?
0: Uh, I was looking up Krabby Appleton, which is real. And I, I, I love that.
1: Oh shit! I'm gonna look at the T-bones then. Watch, all these fucking bands are gonna be real.
0: <laughs> no, some of them T-bones are definitely. Are a band. Oh my some god! Some of them no are way. definitely made up.
1: The T-bones are real. This fucking song is gonna be real now too. So I'm gonna cry. <laughs> oh my god! It's a real yes. song. What the yes. fuck? <laughs> instrumental. Instrumental though. It's an instrumental from
0: 1965. I mean that.
1: It just sounds like yeah. It's... I know, I know. <laughs> all right, yeah, so we really nailed. It. I don't know what to say. The Clarence Wildly Orchestra. Yeah, no, these it's are Sergeant Crikey Real? These... That's oh, what that's... I need
0: to know. Is Sergeant Crikey real? Sergeant Crikey. Sergeant Crikey, It make it make them bubble.
1: Uh no, I'm. Not, it doesn't look like it is.
0: Okay, so <laughs> Sergeant Crikey, like this, Sergeant It Crikey? make them bubble. Crikey! No, 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 no. Cron- I'm saying, no, no,
1: no! I'm saying there's a... Apparently there is a sergeant Cricket or something. Hold on, oh. I'm see uh, No, No, there's not. There was some uh, cricket player named Craig Surgeon that it redirected me to. I, I don't... Well, I, well, okay, Google. I don't know what that was about, Google. That was just way off, but... The, <laughs> there, there, is there a song named 22 Pound Turkey?
0: Hold on, I'm looking that one up. 22 Pound... Okay, you look that up and, I mean it's just masterful work here like to take this rolling stone list and just turn <laughs> it on its head like this it's just fantastic no, that's great bad, right? yeah
1: got these like some of these names i was just cracking out the other you said it and i looked through it twice and there's each time i looked at it there were like two or three i was just like what the fuck who there's no way this is real and then unfortunately the one i picked out was uh absolutely real <laughs> uh, apparently an instrumental from 19 19- i'm gonna check that out right now no
0: matter what shape your stomach is in like, yeah. it just it, there's no way that that song <laughs> title sounds real
1: It's also just like a weird song there 1965 for like the not no lyrics by abandoning the t-bones i okay whatever
0: please tell me video kids woodpeckers from space is real Peckers in fact, all I have base. to do is type in woodpeckers, right? Uh, there is a song.
1: Oh my god, yeah, it is
0: fantastic. Yes, yes. Uh,
1: from Video, uh, May twenty fifteen. Is a Dutch like, a song by the clearer- Dutch Euro Disco Italian Disco duo Video Kids. I don't even fantastic. know what that that sounds like. That's got to be some crazy ass shit.
0: Well, I I just love that on top of all the fake ones he just went out and found like the crazy oh, ones <laughs> yeah.
1: so the people like people yeah they probably like checked it out and like oh no this is no these are real like they probably just checked like two or three like all right these are all like, yeah i guess they're all real all right just put the whole list in there <laughs> <laughs> all righty well and then we'll uh, push back the game all right the game so we'll play that later on uh hopefully we get enough time to play it before the next season starts uh, yeah. Oh my God! So anyway, oh roughly, you know, I'm sorry to I'm listeners out there you. That don't want to listen to the game, and uh, I just want to I'm say that. I'm gonna fight you <laughs>
0: over by the closest Wawa in the parking lot at midnight. Fair? Oh wait, it's past midnight. Yeah. so I guess midnight tomorrow. I'm yeah. saying
1: one. We can do one. I mean, we can push this to like 12:45, 12:50, and then I'll uh, just speak to the local Wawa. So that's your call there. Dang Around the league. Uh, so Connor McDavis recovered from COVID because we all know it hoax. Uh, and then also Christian Fisher has. Stayed... Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> so...
0: Folks. <laughs> all right. Uh, just, that's not true. You got to... I'm glad Connor. I'm glad Connor. Uh, recovered without. Yeah, election. I was really. Although yeah. he should have been. Not. I'm not going to lecture him. I don't know. His yeah, we don't know. I mean, you know. I'm. I'm glad he recovered. Yeah, I mean, he could have been doing
1: everything, all the precautionary measures, and still got it because that's kind of uh kind of what this thing is. So uh christian fisher stays in arizona for two years one million dollar a year uh had nine points in 56 games last year for the coyotes third year as a regular and fourth season playing with the coyotes not looking too great for being the uh, 32nd overall pick in 2015 but that's whatever i guess adam Gaudet stays in uh vancouver um for one year 950k 33 points in 59 games uh steve do you remember tom Baudette from motel six you remember those commercials
0: Oh, yeah, yeah I'm so Tom Bodette. Adam, Ald-
1: Adam Goldette, he'll hopefully be uh, leaving the gold light on for these people. i just thought of that, so you're welcome. Uh, Tyson Jost accepted <laughs> oh his qualifying offer. How many people do you think know who the fuck, like, I, that Tom Bodette is such a, I, I, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. Tyson Jost.
0: <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, I feel like so many people haven't seen commercials in years now, let alone stop, the, that I should one. probably stop referencing okay.
1: them. I should stop, probably stop bringing them up.
0: That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah so stop okay. Notice. no, I, I, I. honestly, <laughs> well, no, I, I wonder with some of these commercial references how many eh, I'm not gonna, get it. uh, I noticed with some of these commercial references, I don't know, I, I wonder how many people are still getting them because like so many people are just streaming everything now and no, avoiding commercials true. in any way, shape, or form, which is which is great because commercials are terrible, except for the sponsors that you know you hear in the middle of every that's BSH those
1: radio, those people podcast. we love, but. You know, that, that's, yeah, tell you what. Um, I'm going back into the, uh, into the around the league. Oh, I dropped the, that's what I was going to say. I thought about the, have you seen the Liberty Mutual, like, Limo the email commercial? Uh, there you probably. Go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, okay. I was talking about that the other day and people knew that. So then I, I see what you're saying about commercials, though. It feels like not as much of a, uh, there's a point in time when we all got the uh, Don't Worry, I Stayed at the Holiday Inn Express last night. Uh, you know, got a, a few more yucks than it, it would now, but times are a change, but, you know,
0: All us hockey fans state the same commercials from the re- most recent playoffs because we had to watch God. them 50,000 yeah. times. I don't know how, whoever
1: I hope that friend is taking that singer to court for fucking out taxidermists and tax attorney, So Tyson Jones, Tax me <laughs> Like, hey, can you get the fuck out of my house? Uh, Tyson just accepted his qualifying offer from Colorado. One year, $874,125. bucks. he will be an RFA in 2021. Carson Kuhlman stays with the Bruins for two more years, 725 a year. Gabriel Carlson stays in uh, Columbus for two years, 725 a year as well. Keegan Kolsar, same deal with the Golden Knights. Uh, Rudess uh hell of a name. Uh, not that great. Uh, stays in Ottawa for one year, 735 k. 17 points in 51 games over two seasons with the Senators. Uh, Sheldon uh, Paul joins the Carolina Hurricanes for one year at 700K. Played seven games for the Kings back in 2018-19. Sorry for your experience, Sheldon. Uh, J.C. Boudin stays with the Senators for one year at 700K. Uh, Boudin had one assist in 22 games last year for Ottawa. And uh, last but not least, Stephen Fogarty joined the Sabres for one year 700K. He was a 27-year-old forward. The Rangers drafted in 2011 in the third round, and he's had zero points in 18 NHL games. That was not the last last signing. The last note is uh, unfortunately, former flyer Gino Ochik is fighting heart disease again. Uh, Went through amyloidosis back in 2014 and was diagnosed with it again about a month ago. And amyloidosis, I I mean I'm obviously mispronouncing that, but uh, is a condition that produces uh, protein deposits in the heart and is apparently a It's a rare and extremely serious uh, situation. Uh, And in 2014, it reduced his heart function at 25%, and doctors told him to prepare for the worst. A last-ditch chemo treatment reversed his condition, and he wasn't expected to repair, or he wouldn't have to uh, deal with a situation like that for 20 years, but unfortunately, it's only been about six, and he is going to have to go through it again. Uh, Gino says he feels pretty confident because they did, in fact, catch it pretty early on, and uh, the first time, apparently, he had... Progress a little bit further, so uh, hopefully uh, you know Gino Oczyk is able to pull through, and he's able to overcome this twice. But uh, that is a round the league. So yeah,
0: that's terrible news, man. Yeah, and uh, uh, best of luck to him.
1: Yeah, and again, it, it, I mean, yeah, there's really not much else to say. It's just pretty unlucky to get it twice, and it's uh, sounds like some pretty serious shit. So hopefully Gino's able to tough it out again. But uh, good luck uh, to Mr. Ochic. So that's uh, that's round the league, though, Steven. And uh, we are, we're good to wrap it up here this post-midnight podcast that uh, you so quickly want to get off of and go to bed and forget about all of our oh, diehard fans that wake, wake with bated breath 168 hours a week for the podcast. And I know they're out there, guys. I'm sorry. I'm trying my best. You know, I'm, I'm willing to go six hours it, a day. You tried book.
0: your best to extend it to <laughs> two hours yet again, but not quite i'm not letting it happen tonight because i cannot physically hey, you're a normal adult you got things folks, to do
1: tomorrow that's
0: fine i got you i do yeah this is, <laughs> this is true it's gonna this end. is yeah. true folks thanks so much for listening if you have any feedback for us the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca you can reach craig at sports are bad
1: oh uh, yeah and we are doing this on tuesday so again i do i want to work on the uh Tyson Forrester, 2019-20 glance, seasonal uh, glance. Take a look at how he scored goals, produced points, and played the sport of hockey last season in the OHL, and hopefully should have that up and ready at the end of the week, by the end of the week, Thursday or Friday. uh, If not, definitely Monday. And, uh, yeah, that's it. I'll just be working on those. And um, more of this, and we'll figure out, maybe to do some filler podcast over this extended stay I, I think we're leaning towards doing one a week for a while because uh tell you what doing two podcasts not in midseason, uh back from march to uh may or march to july may have uh may have drained that creative flow a little bit may have been a lot of <laughs> podcasting for not a lot of real hockey to talk about and uh even at the stretch again, it's going to be... We'll definitely have... I, I think we'll definitely have weeks where we have two episodes, but I don't know if it's going to be every week.
0: We will do two a week where we can, but I... It's going to be hard I, to guarantee yeah, that I, right I need just yeah. one a week for a bit.
1: <laughs> I mean, like, right now, we did the podcast today because Nolan Patrick signed the L C. So, like, yeah, we're not going to keep you in the Flyers news.
0: I, unfortunately, we are obligated to watch the Eagles on Thursday, too. That's oh, another yeah, fact.
1: that's... You know what? And that's legally obligated. yeah like we all have to that's something we have to go through together as a city so like we wait, wait how many how many how many wins are we looking at this year for the birds do you been thinking they crack four i'm not feeling good about three We're
0: in the division at six wins you are a sociopath
1: how are they getting the six wins who are they beating the, I, I got the division all right you know what that's I, see i'm not i'm still not confident against Dalton and the cowboys i don't know if that's because i' i'm just not this isn't
0: confidence. This is just uh, me spitballing. Yeah.
1: Do you think them winning the division with six games is enough for Howie Roseman to keep his job?
0: I don't. I know. can't. If I, I'm waiting for that. I think he gets a mulligan for a COVID year, but that's just me. Uh, he shouldn't, but he oh probably does. God. Why? Why? How? Who? This You'll have to ask Jeffrey Lurie. <sighs>
1: I heard somebody use or Siegel-Whiteside against me in an argument for why Carson Wentz should be better a couple weeks ago. I, this is somebody who I don't think watches the Eagles. Really? I I, say, yeah. This is somebody I don't think is aware of how poorly J.J.A.W.
0: has done. It was not an Eagles
1: fan, so that's why.
0: Like his best play of the year was recovering a fumble.
1: That's the best thing he's done since he's left college. Yeah. was jump on a football where Miles Sanders did 98% of the work on the play. Yeah. <laughs> so like he's,
0: yeah. but like, I,
1: I was so frustrated because was like, you said this and there's not a single Eagles fan around, man. This is not a fair, like the, the, <laughs> you, you lose this argument for bringing that up. But yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so it's not fun. Uh, but I will do those. Uh, I'm doing those player profiles on the prospects and, uh, I might start doing some return flights and uh, might start doing some deep dives on random stats and stuff. And um, yeah, I mean, again, we're good, it looks like we're going through a lull here. And, you know, there's it's a it's been a fun year. There's still a lot of stuff going on away from hockey and writing about podcasts about hockey and stuff, too. So we'll, we'll all figure it out. <laughs> That's my analysis. I want to be producing content wise for the next couple of weeks.
0: 2020, well, I'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll out. All figure it out. Craig, is at sports are bad. I am at Bomb or at hyperbole for your hockey needs. Please make it hyperbole Follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. And be sure to like us on Facebook, rate, subscribe, etc., etc., etc. Folks, that's all we got, and it was quite a bit. Make sure you get out there and vote. Make sure to wash your damn hands. Wear a damn mask. And Until next time, in the words of the great Jean Hart, "Good night and good hockey."
1: Wow! Wow!
0: Wow! 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 Hello, everybody. This is Fly Hyperbole. It is a
1: podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell. And Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the
0: hockey sport. Yeah! Overly, flip, flip, fly overly. Fly overly, flip, flip,